welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Inklings. So excited about this morning because uh, it's one of our favorite talks and it was so fun to be looking at all of your um, comments. How many of you were like, this was my favorite talk. So we're in for a good one. And I'm just going to grab our friends. Then I'm going to tell you where we're going to be. Okay. Let's see if they make it on. You want your New Testament this morning and we're doing Michelle Craig's talk, which is wholehearted. Um, I love someone who is snuggled in with their baby right now and watching. That's what I want to be doing is snuggling Hi. in. Hi, Heather. I'm feeling so good. How are How you? Doing so good. Um, the sun is shining at my house today, which it feels like it's been yeah. ages since the sun shined. So Absolutely. I'm way happy about that. Um, and there's Jess. Hi, Jess. Hello. Okay. How are you? We made it. I love it when we all just make it on. No I kind of love trouble at all. I'm just like, so I feel like it's like Brady Bunch. Like, hi, Jess. Let's <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so true. It's like Brady Bunch. I didn't even think about that. that. Um, <laughs> so I was just saying how it was so fun to read on the comments because this, everyone was like, this was my favorite talk. And so many people had. Um, so many things to say. Plus, I loved how many people um, like shared really intimate and personal experiences of what it looks like to be wholehearted, which I think that is true about like, if you give your whole heart to something that really is an intimate and vulnerable conversation. So I feel like that is how today is going to be, which I'm super happy about. I um, love that. I, everyone, this, this is also super fun. I am really, really good friends with Michelle Craig, and we met years ago, years. Um, I used to teach an institute class to my stake on Thursday mornings. I don't know if you guys even knew that, but I would teach in the gym of my stake. And we would meet every Thursday and we would study together for an hour and a half. And it was so fun. And Michelle Craig was in that Institute class. So we would see each other every Thursday and we just became friends because scripture, that's how we became friends. <laughs> and then um, COVID happened. And so we had, we canceled the Thursday morning class and we moved here to inklings and so michelle craig is an inkling everybody she watches every week with us she's just part of us she's been with us since the very no very pressure. beginning um which is so fun yeah 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because she really will listen in on our conversation because she listens every single week while she's driving downtown. And so yesterday I just texted her and I was like, um, what do, have you had any thoughts since you gave the talk about the talk that you should add to our little inklings group, just our own insights into the talk, which was so fun. And she actually sent three insights. So we just get Ooh. our own inklings insights into the talk. And I was printing them off this morning. And then as I was printing them off, I was like, oh, maybe we should let these like guide the discussion. Um, we'll just start with one and then um, we will go through. You guys, I was so tempted to bring her on, but I think there's rules about stuff like that. And I don't even know what the rules are, but that would have been so fun. If, if, like our special guest is, yeah. um, surprise. Um, but I, I thought it was so fun to actually have like recent live ideas from her that would help us. And so um, I, I'm trying to I would decide love to how she decides um, her talks. Where, I feel like that's such like a fun, she has always such a beautiful insight to women's lives and affect everyone. I'm like, I, I would love I just know. like a little glimpse of how she really truly prepares for that each call. Yeah. And, and pulls the talk together. And we were talking a couple weeks ago and um, she was like, I have 100 talks prepared that I've never even used that are just oh my gosh. A, a file somewhere that I was like, don't you love that? She's just constantly like capturing ideas. Um, so I think it might be fun. What if we started with this quote that she said, um, she said this wholehearted is another word for consecration. I think we are all in not because of what we will gain, but rather because of what we can give. Uh, what can I offer? The amount is not what is important. What is important is that it's my all. I think Heavenly Father requires more than just contribution. Mm. He requires consecration. Don't you love the idea of that? Like maybe you could just say that word instead of being wholehearted could be consecrated and if you look up the word consecrated it will tell you it means set apart for a holy purpose and i love that thought of like what does it look like to be set apart for a holy purpose in everything that we're doing so that might be a fun place to just jump in right there is like when you thought about wholehearted um and and you think about some of those quotes what was something that stood out uh, to you, that might have been a definition of. I go first, Jess. Well, I, you go first, Heather. Because I am like I am <laughs> love to like look at the definition of things, and the definition that really stuck out to me was free from all reserve or hesitation. And I oftentimes think of those things in my life that I like don't hold back mm. on, right? Like you could, I could talk about food all day long and like, let's talk about your favorite food. Because to me, food is a connecting piece, right? Everyone needs to eat, everyone enjoys to eat, everyone getting everyone at the table. So I could talk to anyone about food all day long. But if you ask me to like talk about a subject that I'm like, oh, I like that, but I'm not like totally invested in it, it's harder for me to like really put my all into that. And so I was like, just comparing that to the thing gospel and my love for our savior like am i wholehearted like do i hold back those things maybe would make me feel 
oh, do I mm. want to talk about this with these people? I don't want to like make someone feel bad or no, like I want everyone to know I love our savior, Jesus Christ. And I can like spread yeah. that across the world. That's something that I feel wholehearted in. And so for me, that was like a really great reminder of being like, I'm free from reserve. I have no hesitation to be able to, sh to share my love of our savior. Oh, I love that so much. You guys, I did what I always do. I forgot to even say who you were. This happens to me all the time because I know who you are. So I expect everybody to know who you are. So we have okay. to pause, Heather, because then I want to go back to that. But everyone will love to So know I'm who Heather. You are. I um, am a wife of the most amazing, very patient husband and a mother of four beautiful children that um, support me and help me to grow our family business, which is Orson Gigi, which is why I love and share all about food. Um, but I, I just feel so fortunate to be able to work in a family business that gets to, to share the, the best parts of our gospel. You know, we oftentimes people are like, there's something magical that happens when we come into the store. And I want to be like, it's the spirit. Like this, Father wants families to be together and gathering at the table is the most amazing thing. And so we just are guided by our Heavenly Father every day and we get to do it through food. And so I feel so fortunate to be able to do that. <laughs> That's so good. Um, okay, and Jess? Hi, I'm Jess. Um, gosh, well, I've done this before. So some of you know me, but um, I'm a photographer. I'm a mom of four. Um, I got to work on the gathering home with Emily a couple of years ago. So um, that's been a really fun project. Um, I'm dabbling in fine art photography a little bit. I mostly do commercial work and work with brands and companies and stuff, but I'm dabbling in fine art. For those of you who follow Work and Wonder, um, I'm the photographer for their um, next um, anthology, their next coffee table book. So that's been really fun. Um, so I'm kind of exploring um, names and symbols of Christ through photography right now. Um, and I, let's see, <laughs> exciting. Um, faith is one of my very most favorite, favorite topics. And that idea of being all in and fully converted. And so I'm just so excited about all of this. And probably I should say that I also am really good friends with Michelle Craig. It's just that she doesn't 100% know that. Like <laughs> mostly I just know that about our relationship, but um, I really am like her number one fan. And so I may have like thrown a few elbows, like when it was time to decide, like when everyone got to sign up for what talk they wanted to talk about, there was like an asterisk by my name on the sign up <laughs> list. Like, <laughs> so... <laughs> It's so true. Jess loves Michelle Craig more than anyone I know. And so she will be the expert of the conversation today. So that's so awesome. So Heather, go back yeah. and just, will you re-say that definition now that we're jumping yeah, back? So it was so free interesting. from all reserve or hesitation. And yes, which I love that so much. I just, I love that thought of like, um, there's, there's no, 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 no. reserves. So you, there's no, you know, reserves. without a doubt, you know, that's where you stand. And I love that. Yeah. I, I love that so much too. Jess, what do you want to add? Um, I love that idea too. And I hadn't thought of it in that same way of being of wholehearted being consecrated, but, um, 
gymnastics is actually a big part of our family. I was a gymnast, I competed in college. My daughter's now this crazy talented gymnast. And we recently actually had the chance to um, go to kind of a meet and greet with this very, um, very, very successful um, athlete, this gymnast. And um, she took questions from the crowd. And one of the things that she said, that someone asked her was like, how do you have the courage um, to come back from really hard things in the sport? Or how do you face a skill again after you've been really hurt or injured? And, and what does that resilience look like for you? And she said, um, I just always tell myself that I could get hurt again. I could struggle again. Something could go wrong again. But if I'm going to go down, I want to go down giving 100%. Mm. And I thought that was such a poignant thought, this idea that like, whether no matter what we gain, no matter what, what happens, no matter whether we're thriving or struggling, the idea of giving 100% and being wholehearted. And that, I mean, that's a very vulnerable thing to do, to give of yourself so freely when there's great risk involved. Um, but I, I just love that so much like that thought to like I'm gonna hold nothing back and I might fail and I might struggle but if I do I'm going to do it knowing that I put my whole heart oh I love that so much and it's making me think of Jess texted me earlier and said oh thanks so much for putting my favorite line of the talk in about the ladies (laughs) not being delicate And I giggled because I, like, I was so fascinated with the trudging through the mud part. Um, But then I went back and I was like, that really is so awesome that um, when those ladies are described, it says, um, these women, not very delicate to be sure, trudging through the mud. And I'm just laughing right now. How many of you are like, my kids say you're my best friend um, in this thing. And, (laughs) And then as you started watching, because this is the thing. That is so funny, but it's reciprocal because I, when I get on here on Thursday, I'm like, oh, I'm having lunch with all my best ladies, or I'm having breakfast with all my best ladies that like, there really is something about being in the cause of Christ that bonds you together. And it's, it's true because whenever I meet someone who's like inklings or I'm an inkling somewhere immediately, I'm like, oh, we are friends. Like. I don't even have to wonder if we're friends because we're in the cause together. And like, I immediately know your heart as soon as you say that word, which is so crazy, but it's so true that we just know. And um, I was thinking about that, this part of that quote where it talked about the company this morning early, a company of Mormons passed through on their journey to Salt Lake women, not very delicate to be sure, dragging handcarts like beasts. And, I just think to myself how those women were like us, um, that we are that same thing. We are trudging through mud every single day. And our mud looks totally different than their mud looked. But I love that thought of like, but we're not delicate. Like we can do hard things, you know? And um, I wonder... Jess, when you were writing that, that that was your favorite line. Like, I'm dying to know what was it that drew you to that line? 
Um, I think I love this idea. Um, I, it's just like I instantly had such a visual of this determined, steadfast woman and what she might have been like and the things that she might have faced and the literal and, and you know, <laughs> spiritual mountains that she must have overcome. And um, I, I feel like when you're talking about somebody who isn't delicate, um, it's somebody who has grit. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea. Did you guys ever read that book? There was like a parenting book book about grit no. that was like really popular a couple <laughs> of years ago. You know what I'm talking about at all? Okay. The, the idea of um, the whole book was about the idea that like, as parents, our instincts for our children is to make the world as safe and as comfortable and for their life to be um, as smooth as possible, because who doesn't want to like save their child from struggle? Um, but that really, you know, it's it's the kids who struggle, and it's um, those moments of um, of really working against the hardships in your life that build character and actually make you more successful. Like like they say that somebody who um, maybe isn't the smartest, but has to work really hard to earn A's is more likely to be successful than the genius who doesn't have to try mm-hmm. very hard to achieve anything. Yeah. Um, and just how, how important it is to welcome the struggles in your life. Um, and so when I think of, of not being delicate, um, and it kind of refers to this later, and it says that when they talk about how those women could have never been dissuaded it was because they knew it Mm. and um I think like you look at what what she must have been going through this tough gritty pioneer woman and she is someone who was wholehearted who put all of it on the line who couldn't be swayed who couldn't be held back who was continually building her physical and spiritual strength and what I think is so poignant about that, it, this stuck out, out to me later in the talk as well, when she talks about she has all of her possessions in a handcart um, going towards, towards her unknown desert home. It's not like she knows what she's signing up for necessarily. Yeah. Like no one was texting her pictures from the valley being like, it's going to be okay. It's great here. This is the spot I saved you where you can build your house. She is walking so vulnerably into the vast unknown West. Um, and I feel like, gosh, that takes such determination and it takes such grit. And I feel like, you know, we don't know even if this woman and her babies made it. Mm. We don't know that. It might not have gone the way that she wanted to and maybe not everything worked out and you hear these gut-wrenching pioneer stories of of women who lose fingers and toes and family members and their husbands go on missions and that's not what they signed up for you know that's that wasn't the experience that they were hoping to gain but I think that no matter what when you're giving 100% and you're fully reliant on Christ in your struggles like that's where that sense of knowing comes from. And that's what builds your faith and what mm. kind of brings you farther along. Yeah. Um, I love that. I journey. have this painting 
that somebody gave me, and I wish I knew who it was. It was at a really, really hard time in my life, really hard. Like there was about between three to five years in my marriage where it was like the whole entire, all of mortality was after my soul. And it was trying to bring my kids here. It was my marriage. It was our work. It was our finances. It was like everything was falling apart. And I walked in my house one day, this really is weird, you guys, but I walked in my house one day and went down into, I went down the stairs to the, we had a like split level house. So I went down into where like the family room was. And on my couch, there was this canvas, this little canvas and someone had like tied a bow on it. So I knew it was like a gift but they didn't like write their name on it or anything. And it, and for some reason they put it on my couch in the like basement. <laughs> it was, it's so random, even still now, who was that person? I don't know, but it, the picture is of these pioneers and they are in their wagons going and they've just gone through this river that is like raging and there's a storm and there's mud and everybody's covered in it. And one of the wagons, someone had taken like their hand in the mud and they had written on the, the canvas of the wagon in mud, the kingdom of God or nothing. Oh. And oh. when you look up over the mountain, there's this, it's like sunset, it's going to be night. And there's this sliver of light. And in the sliver of light, you see the temple barely and you only see it if you look for it like your eyes would not catch it but it's because i've looked at that painting ten thousand times now in my life um and you see joseph in the clouds with the book of mormon pointing the way like this you're doing it right but there's something and i i know it's just pretend i'm that probably didn't really happen but in my mind in, in that pretend story i am the woman who reaches down in the mud and writes on my canvas of my wagon, the kingdom of God or nothing like that was the call. That's what you're doing now. And, like, don't um, you, like you encourage families, women, everyone to be like, let's push through the, like the end is there. Right. The right. There. Yes. Yes. And I love that encouragement. I've been studying this week a lot about banners and being like the standard bearer, the, the one who raises the banners. And I've been thinking a lot this week, like what are our banners today? What's the canvas on our wagon? Like what are ours, you know? How do we raise banners? And, and I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that, but I'm just so interested of like, how do you raise the banner that's like, I'm all in, um, that, that I'm wholehearted. What does that banner look like and where even Well, I think it changes it? every day, you know? right? Like there's certain things that the, the adversary is going to attack us on different things and being able to have a couple banners. I, like you go to like a jazz game or something and sometimes it's like, go jazz. And then it's like defense, you know, like at these different banners that we need to kind yeah. of have ready um, at, at a drop of a hat. And, and I love that Jess brought up parenting because I come, my mind went there for a minute. And I was like, no, I don't want to talk. I'm, I'm far from a perfect parent, but I grew up in a home with six sisters, like all girls. And my family, my parents could have easily been like, these are our girls. We're going to keep them fragile and, and 
protect them from all these things. And they went completely opposite. They taught us to be hard workers and that we were not exempt from mm -hmm. mowing the lawn and helping to fix sprinklers and, and doing the things that maybe the sons would have done in, in our family. And I'm super grateful. My dad even said, as we were like getting to marriage age, he's like, I hope I didn't make it so that they didn't, like they were too strong <laughs> because we were all super independent. And I look at the women in this story and they could have easily put the kids in the handcarts or the wagons and said, I'm going to protect you from this. Mm. And here it is. It's like they're walking in the mud next to their moms next to, you know, and so it was like, we don't need to like take our kids out of that. We just need to give them the strength and the ability to wave that banner and be like, we're going to get through this. And so that was like a really yeah. beautiful part. Like we can't take it. We can't try to take our kids out of this. We just need to give them the tools so they can get through it. Mm, that's so good. Totally. Um, it's interesting that you brought up, you know, holding up and, and raising our battle uh, banners. And because um, I have been thinking constantly for the last couple of months um, about Ebenezer's and mm -hmm. um, to give you a little background, our family has had, kind of an exciting couple of months <laughs> to say the least um on november 10th my husband donated a kidney to one of our really dear friends and neighbors um and 10 days after that i had an emergency appendectomy <laughs> which is really just it's it was kind of a roller coaster and tell um, everybody what weekend it was, because it makes it even better if you know what weekend it was. Oh, it was the weekend before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so things were exciting. And um, really, the whole process of, you know, for those who have, who maybe you know, and maybe you don't, but um, the process of finding out if you can be an organ donor, um, a live donor is, it's a, like nine months to a year. And it's something that we felt so much peace about and I'm kind of a worrier by nature. And I just, the whole time I was like, no, this is right. And it was so miraculous and so beautiful. And we just went into it as a family, just knowing like without a doubt that this was God's plan for us. Um, up until about a week before surgery, um, once it was, you know, there's lots of variables and then it was set in stone and it started to just feel so heavy for me and um, very lonely. My husband felt really strongly about, you know, the, the recipient was in our ward and he didn't want it to be this whole thing. And he was worried about um, just opinions and, and whether or not it would work and, and all this stuff. So we didn't really tell very many people and it's, you know, truly it is low, low risk, but it's major. And he had to come home and for two weeks he had to have one-on-one -on -one care. So I was his sole caregiver and my mom and dad had to come and take care of my kids because they need constant, um, they need constant care. And um, a couple days before surgery, I was like trying to be a functional member of society and I had no business doing so. I was a wreck. And I was driving to Provo for a shoot and I listened to the song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing on repeat, like truly for an hour to Provo 
and an hour coming home like a, the most ridiculous person. And I got stuck on that line here. I raised my Ebenezer and I actually didn't know what an Ebenezer was at all. And so I'm like, wait, why is this like my favorite song? And I don't even know what this means. And probably all of you are really smart and know these things, but in case maybe like me, you did not, the quick version of an Ebenezer is that Samuel is leading the Israelites in a battle against the Philistines and things are going real bad. Like the Philistines steal the Ark of the Covenant. They are losing. Everything is messy. And um, Samuel decides to um, offer a sacrifice to God. And just after the sacrifice, which I loved, I didn't pick this out until reading it a few times. I love that this came right after his um, sacrifice. Um, everything changes. And all of a sudden, the Israelites win this battle. And it's this miraculous victory. And um, Samuel decides to raise this a stone monument and he raises it and the whole point of it is that he wants the Israelites to always remember this experience that they were able to get through because of God's help mm. and I've been thinking a lot about how you know and he called the stone an, an, an Ebenezer, an Ebenezer. Yes. that's what yes. he called the stone and it means God stone is help. help yeah yes um and I, I sort of, I learned about that and I thought like, you know, the point is, and Michelle talks about this as well. He would send the spirit to help them remember. I thought that was such a sweet line. That's right at the beginning. Someone asked to say where we were in the talk, um, that we have these experiences. Like we're on, we're on our pathway to discipleship and we are going to run into mud and we are going to run into boulders and things that are blocking our path. And I sort of think like, we have this opportunity where those can be our stumbling blocks or they can be our spiritual landmarks and they can be the things that we can look back on and say, I accomplished that with God. Mm. And so in that moment, I remember so clearly thinking like, okay, like these are the, the Ebenezer's that I've had in my life. These are the hard things that I've accomplished. And because I know that God helped me through those things. I know that I can be brave and face this next thing wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. And that really was like my little battle cry that here I raise my Ebenezer. And I think, you know, clearly things didn't always go perfectly for us. The time of my surgery was so bad in some ways that it was comical. But um, I think that the Ebenezer, those, those moments, it's about the process. It's about the choice that we make just like this pioneer woman. Um, it's about how we choose to like face our battles head on yeah, and how we choose to involve Christ in the story. And it's also how we choose to frame our past as well. Um, and I just, it was something that just kind of kept me going and that choice to walk into something hard with Christ was its own Ebenezer moment. And then so was the miracle of you know, our recipient of life being restored. There were truly countless miracles, but each one of those things, and I, I like that because then it puts the process of like becoming more spiritually re resilient and more gritty. It's about the process and about the choice more than it's about the outcome of the struggle yeah, that, because that, we don't get to choose that part.
And I love that people are talking about the youth theme this year is um, it's about God, the Lord strengthening us. And the picture is a cairn. It's yeah. that, it's this stack of rocks. And it's reminding me of this story that um, you guys have heard me talk about my friend Verda when I was in my thirties and she was 97 and we were assigned as visiting teaching partners. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, <laughs> what were they thinking? Like, what is a 30 year old going to do with a 97 year old companion? But we ended up being the best of friends for like the next five years. And she told me one time when we were visiting, she had gone to, um, I think it's called Fruta. Is that right? Anyone who lives south of Lehigh, there's a place where you can go. And in that place, you can camp there, but there's orchards everywhere. And they let people just pick the fruit off of the trees while you're camping. And so people will go to get like bags of fruit. And they had gone and her husband wanted to go hiking and exploring that morning. And so she went and she went up this hill and she had nothing to do when she got to the top of it. And so she made a monument. She built a pile of rocks, this Ebenezer monument of stones and just thought about everything she knew and believed and added a stone for each of those beliefs. And then, yeah, Fruta is in Capitol Reef. That's exactly where she was. So um, they, years later, they went back. I think she told me it was three years later, they went back and she woke up and she was sitting outside her camper trailer and, and she thought to herself, I wonder what has become of my monument. That's what she called it. And so she hiked up that little trail and got to her monument, which had been like 12 rocks. And it was waist high. The other people who had gone up there had added to what she had started three years before. And I think that is true about Ebenezer's. I think that is true about, I love that the cairn is the symbol for the youth this year because those are they're like mile markers a cairn helps you know you're on the right path right now you are on the right path and it can also help you know which way to turn um on that path like it keeps you in the safe way and i love the thought of somebody actually being the person who set the stones you know like that somebody took the time to set the stones and Sometimes it's like testimony meeting where you sit down and one person stands up and shares their stone of help. And immediately someone gets up and says, oh, because you said this, it's reminding me of this. And then someone else will get up. And I love that that stone of help can actually strengthen everyone. Um, a cairn is, it's, it's spelled K-A-I-R-N. And you might have seen one when you've hiked before. It's when somebody takes a pile of rocks like this and they'll stand it up. You'll see them. Once you know what one is, you'll see them. Um, oh, good. There's a spelling. C-A-I-R-N. You'll I see that. I'm going to stack the rocks that I keep in oh, yeah. okay. my little yes, rocks. You, you stack them. Um, <laughs> that's, and it's, they're always stacked up. And I, all, I taught my kids from when they were young never um, knock down a cairn because you're knocking down somebody's safe way. Um, if you have like five-year-olds there, 
so want to like, they're like, oh, someone put that there for me to knock down. And <laughs> I had to teach my kids when they were little, no, 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 you never knock down a cairn. Um, you leave those there because it's, it's the way that lets other people stay safe. And I love um, the thought of that. Really quick, I'm gonna right read another quote on. Um, oh, I yes. noticed that Sister Craig actually posted to Instagram and I like I was waiting for Inklings to come on and she had posted and she's talking about the youth theme. So like it's really oh like to see and I was like so I was like thought, write that down really quick because we might want that. But I was like, it's just amazing how like all of this is like so connected. <laughs> yes. Um, and isn't it up in the story so that we can um so that we can find it. But this quote that she said is so good for right here. She says, also, the way we overcome or trudge across wilderness journeys is the same way we overcame before this life. In Revelation 12, we overcome because of and through the atonement of Jesus Christ and by the word of our testimony. That's how we overcome. Come unto me with full purpose of thought and I will heal you. I've been thinking about how being wholehearted comes with a promise of healing. And I love that. Mm. And I just love that everything we've just talked about right now is so what she's talking about. It's those cairns are our testimony of strength of Christ. And it is through sharing that testimony that we find healing. Exactly what you're talking about, Jess, that we um that those cairns become a safe way for us but they also show us to the place of healing which is what he brings and doesn't that make you think of that line um when she's talking about the pioneers that said little children trudged along in their strange foreign dress looking just as determined as their mothers and to me like that those those cairns those those spiritual landmarks those are the legacies that we leave. Yes. And it's the way we point those who come after us towards what is right and towards Christ. Yeah. Um, and we can say all the things, you know, I, I'm a really good lecturer <laughs> to my children. I'm great at it, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But, but what we do and what, you know, that example that we set of, of spiritual strength and of overcoming is going to teach them so much more than our words ever can. And I loved, um, a lot of you pointed this out in the comments. I was reading how at the end of her talk, there is this moment where it turns to I. Yes, I'll put the quotes in the stories. I'm sure she'll be fine with me doing that, everyone who's asking. Um, but I love, a lot of people wrote in the comments that it has become an affirmation statement for them, mm -hmm. that they've actually hung it up and they read it out loud every morning. And I love, um, I love this. I choose to stand with the Lord. I choose to stand with his chosen servants, President Russell M. Nelson and his fellow apostles, for they speak for him and are the stewards of the ordinances and covenants that tie me to the Savior. When I stumble, I will keep getting up, relying on the grace and enabling power of Jesus Christ. I will stay in my covenant with him and work through my questions by study of God's word, by faith and with the help of the Holy Ghost, whose guidance I trust. I will seek his spirit every day by doing the small and simple things. This is my path of discipleship. And until the day that everyday wounds of mortality are healed, I will wait upon the Lord and trust him 
his timing, his wisdom, and his plan. And I just, I love how many of you are like, I read that every morning, um, which is such a great, just like power statement of how to enter the whole day wholehearted. I love to, these affirmations are at the end of the talk. I love that some people have written in here, there's a difference between delicate and diligent or determined. Mm. Um, there's a difference between delicate and determined, which is both of those words are found in that quote that we mm. love. And um, I just love that, um, the thought of what that looks like. And I love that she, I'm going to read you the third quote she said right now, and then we can talk about this part. But she said this, I've thought more about how faith is engaging in the miracles. Answers seldom come while we are on our knees, but rather as we are acting in faith. And mm -hmm. don't you think that's like, I want to think about that all day today. Answers seldom come while we are on our knees, but rather as we are acting in faith. And it's so true about the lepers. And that's one of the things um, that I wanted to pull out today. It's in Luke 17. Yes. And it's so interesting because she's going to say something else, but let, let me just take you to the story because you'll want to pair it together. So it's Luke 17 is where this happens. And um, it tells us in verse 11, it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And um, I love that he's walking into the place where uh, people just don't go. That's where he's walking through. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And I think it's important to remember in those days, if you were, if you had leprosy, you moved into your own community, your own, you, they all lived together. They didn't get to live with their family anymore. They were unclean and they actually had to carry bells on sticks that alerted people that they were even coming into the vicinity so people could move away from where they were. And so it's so interesting in verse 12, where it talks about the lepers, which stood afar off because that was their life. Their life was to be an outsider forever. That's what the rest of their mortality would look like. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priests. And the reason why he would say that is the only one who could declare you clean was a priest. Otherwise you had to live in that place forever. And the only way you could be declared clean was if you were no longer a leper anymore. And so they um, went, they turned and went to go to the priest. And it wasn't until they started walking that they became clean, which is so interesting to me because I'm worried my personality would have been like, well, well, I can't go yet because I, I, you know, I still like, I can't go yet. So I'm going to have to like, wait. And the next day I would wake up and look again and I would be like, nope, still can't go. Um, but I love that the 10 were like, as they went, then they started being healed. It was in the action of their faith that the healing actually 
came. And I think that's so important. And she says this, the lepers who went to show themselves to the priest, something you would only do if you were healed was acting in faith. They were part of the miracle. And then she says this, also faith is in Jesus Christ, not in the outcome. And I love that. Like uh, their faith was not in what was going to happen. Their faith was in Jesus. That's what allowed them to walk. And I love that thought of like, okay, what am I, what actions am I performing right now that are going to allow the miracle to come, you know, to, to like, what, what am I participating in that might feel too forward thinking or, um, you know, but is going to allow that miracle to actually be made manifest in my life. Well, I think I it ties the into the quote, and I think you posted this, was that I am learning that Heavenly Father is more interested in my growth as a disciple of Jesus Christ than he is in my comfort. And that is such a humbling phrase because how convenient would it be as if we could progress through this life being comfortable, right? Like, COVID taught us put our sweats on and stay at home, but it, you know, and it got us a lot to, to figure out our own spiritual scripture study, but we're here to help others to progress. And I have kind yes. of a story that goes with that. And I'm like a little hesitant to share it because it's, it's not like, oh, I have this health challenge that we went through or we struggled with a loss. You know, it's, it's kind of one of those little things that it's almost like it's a little humbling for me because it's like, oh, Heather, why did this bother you? So, and like, trust me, we have lots of other issues, but this is one of those things. So two weeks before Christmas, um, I was getting ready for church. Um, my husband and I just got called to like the most amazing calling in the church. We were primary teachers together, which I feel like a calling together is like the best thing ever. And, um, I was getting ready for church. I was brushing my teeth in the bathroom and I was like thinking like, what can I do? What, like, these are new kids. What are we going to do to help these kids to understand their savior? And I had this extremely strong impression. You've done everything you can in this ward. And I was like, is this what people get when they're like told, okay, now it's time to move. Like, I don't know. Like what, what is that? You know what I mean? I was like, that's the impression i'm i'm thinking about these kids and as we're walking out the door to go to church i get a text from my friend stephanie and she's like get here quick they're gonna make a big announcement and i was like well we're already late so <laughs> um we're coming but um they announced that like hey in our ward next or in our state next week we're gonna be rearranging the boundaries and i was like okay well that's really interesting that i would be given this impression that like Okay, you've done everything in your ward. So I went to them like, Go, awesome, change is great. Change is going to be great. My, my, you know, my husband deals with some anxiety. So he was like, oh, I hate that they told us a week before. Like, can't they just tell us now? And for a whole great, I was like, this is going to be awesome. Change is going to be so great. This is going to be perfect. And I like noticed that I was like helping other people to be accepting of this change. And um, we get to the next Sunday, we meet at the stake center and they, uh, they start talking about some of the things we see one of the wards change a little bit. I'm like, oh, that's great. And then they show the whole map and we see that our streets as well as another ward are both being stripped out and putting, so like they combined three small parts 
and put them into one ward, which was like stripping our one street out of our ward. And I was livid. I was like, I've been here for 16 years. These are my friends. These are my people. We've been through so much together. Even though we're still neighbors, I was so mad. And I even was sitting there thinking like, why in the world would I be given this feeling or this prompting to tell everyone that change is great. This is going to be great. And then my reaction is like, oh, I hate this. Like I started crying and we left and I was just like, nope, I'm not going to talk to people because it would just like build up frustrations. Right. That I, but also I'm like, it's just a ward change. I'm not moving. My friends aren't moving. Nothing is changing. Why am I like, why is this ward change affecting me this way? And we went home, we started cleaning up dinner and we get a knock on the door. And it's one of my neighbors who is also part of like being moved into this ward. And she's like, how are you guys feeling about this? We just felt like we needed to come see if Matt was okay, which is my husband who was openly frustrated about the change at the beginning. And, and I was like, Matt is fine with it. I'm the one that is struggling with this. And they were kind of like, <laughs> oh, like we were here, we were coming to like, see if Matt was gonna be okay. And they came and they're like, well, just so you know, we used to live in this ward. Like we moved a few houses over and now we're in, you know, so we got split and they would just comfort us. And they were like, these are the most amazing people. They told, they brought up a few people that live in that area, like in the new ward. And within five to 10 minutes of them being there, I was like at peace. I was comfortable. And I was just like, okay, this is going to be okay. And looking at this talk um you know at the very beginning she talks about how when the savior said he was going to leave them but he would not leave them alone and i thought this is like a perfect example mm. of that is that like we are going to be asked to do really hard things and it's not going to be easy but we're also not going to be expected to do it by ourselves and i was so grateful that i yes. could be that person for the people leading up to it like helping people to be like it's okay this is gonna be fine change is good um it, and then to know that he was also going to send someone to then come help me when i'm like i can't do it anymore like i need someone else to lean on and yes. the next day i go into work and i being a family business, there's things that I, I have my dad's old office and there's a whiteboard that's been in there for forever. And on the quote, there's a quote on the whiteboard and it is almost word for word of this quote that she has in there. And it, I will, I'll, I'll post a picture later today because it's been on there for so long that you can't even take it off anymore. Like it's, the, it, but yeah. That's I will. So I awesome. will. But it, it's word for it. word. I am learning that Heavenly Father is more interested in my growth as a disciple than he is my comfort. And for me, I was like, that quote could have meant something to my dad 15 years ago. But for, for him to put that and leave it there where I'm needing it now at this point, I knew that that was something that I needed to study. And that Heavenly Father was putting me some, through something that was uncomfortable. But it's going to cause me to grow and and to be a better version of what I was before. Because had I stayed in the ward that we were in, I may have just felt fallen into my comfort zone, right? And the, I don't do those things. I, and now yeah. I'm going to give, be, not have to move, but be given a fresh start to be able to help myself to grow, help others to grow, to see the light of Christ and to do all those things. And as I was kind of studying that and trying to figure out actually where my dad got that quote, which I need to find out where that comes from. But I was brought um, to another quote, and it's actually from John, by the way. And he lists 
some things that so when it is hard and when it is out of our comfort, he lists four things that we can say, um, we can, so when we can trust God enough to say these four things. And the, one of them is, I know that God loves me. So sometimes just being able to say that when we're going through those hard times, I know that he loves me can help us carry us through that. Another one was, how can I grow? So looking at that going like, okay, what in this is going to help me to become out of my comfort zone? And then the third was, what can I learn from this? Which I think we can always learn something. <laughs> and then the fourth yeah. is, is yeah. there a way that I can help others who are going through something similar? And if we can, when we're going through those uncomfortable mm -hmm. times, because Christ is there, our Heavenly Father is there. They are here to help us, guide us through those things. But it feels hard. And even when it's some stupid thing, like changing your ward boundaries, it's not even that big of a deal. But for me at that moment, yeah. it was really hard. And so if I, I just walked through those questions and put those in place of like, what are the things that are making me feel sad? What are the things that are making me feel uncomfortable? And I was able to walk through that. And can I just tell you, we had church together for these last two weeks and it feels like home. Like the people that are now are I'm like this is Ooh. what it this is what I've been longing for this is what I've been praying for yes and so the fact that I like was hesitant and was mad and I was like Heavenly Father why did you strip our street out I'm so mad at you I am now so grateful that I get to be with these other new people and just to see how amazing it is so I I'm like I know it's like there was Jess dealing with like health issues I'm like my ward got split <laughs> But no, I Heather, I, one of the things I love, love that you said, and I think it's so important and it makes me think about the talk is the fact that when you went home mad, oh. you opened the door for <laughs> them to come in and, and for resolution to come. And it makes me think of that one part in her talk. Yes. Remember when she's talking about her little sister, she's like, if she would have just opened the door, she would have known it was going to be okay like everything was going to be fine and i think there is such an important lesson in like opening the door you could have been like i don't want to talk to anyone today i just want to be mad you know. <laughs> all day today yeah but uh, yeah i love that you like open the door and and sometimes that's how resolution comes and restoration it makes me think of one other scripture that i'm just going to invite you guys to go back and read today that's in Acts 12. It's one of my favorite stories in the New Testament. And um, we, um, what happens in here is Peter and James are in prison. And James gets the sword. He, he dies in prison. And everybody hears about it. And so everyone's like even more, um, has more angst than they had already. Because they're like, they're going to actually start killing people. Um, Peter gets an angel instead and he, the angel gets him out of prison and he, it's in the middle of the night and he gets out of his, what he's bound with and he gets out of the gate and he's like walking down the street and he goes to the house where he knows everybody would be praying in this back room. And the most interesting thing happens. I'm in Acts 12 and he, he goes to the, this house where everyone's praying and he knocks on the door and, a damsel comes to the door named Rhoda and she her, hears Peter's voice at the door and then this is what happened she didn't open the door 
for gladness, but ran in and told everyone that Peter was at the gate standing there. And don't you love if you're Peter, you're like, um, I'm like fleeing for my life right now. Open the door. And she's like, here's his voice. And she's so excited. She runs into the room where everyone's praying. And she's like, Peter's on the porch is what she tells everyone. <laughs> and then um, they said, we think you're mad. It's, it can't be Peter. There's no way he could have gotten out of there. It must be his angel. And then here's your favorite line in the whole story. Verse 16. But Peter continued knocking. That's your, your favorite line. The, I love that he's like, um, could someone just open the door? And then when he got in there, imagine the rejoicing. Imagine the healing. Imagine like um, just that reunion of what was happening. But it, it required that door to be opened. And I love like how many of us have those Rhoda moments where we leave whatever it is on the porch instead of opening the door and allowing whatever is that good thing on the other side of the door in. And I love like Heather, for you, it was actually a real life person coming to give you hope and to build your faith and to strengthen you. But I think to myself, how many people right now are struggling with doubt or with questions or, um, I love when Elder Holland this week talked about everybody to have Abraham faith is to be in crisis all the time and mm. that our faith is going to always be tested. Like we should always be asking questions. That's how we should live. And you go back to Abraham's story and the, his whole faith is coming because of the questions that he's asking. But the difference is he's not asking the questions behind a closed door. He leaves the door open um, for what God might bring in. And I think part of being wholehearted is actually leaving the door open and saying, who's going to come? In Abraham's case, it's holy men who come in. And that's how their entire life, their entire mortality is changed. Even with the questions, they, they weren't like, oh, I'm sorry. You ask questions, we're going to go find someone who hasn't. That's the house we're going to go to um, today. Um, but I just love that he left the door open mm. and allowed God to do his great work um, in him. The, that Elder Holland thing is from the devotional Elder Holland gave on Sunday. And for everyone who's wondering where that is, um, if you go on LDS.org, right, the opening screen at the top right, you just click on the picture of Elder Holland that is white. And the thing you get from it is up. just read that blessing that he gives. Like, like. Oh, <laughs> yes. Apostolic blessing at the end. I'll put that in stories too. Do you feel uh, like sometimes, I know Jess, so you're going to say something, but do you feel okay. like, like this is a okay. YSA? Okay. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to sneak in and I'm just going to listen. Yeah. And I had so many people that were like, well, do we yeah. get the apostolic blessing or not? Um, like, was that for us or was that only for the people in the room or was that only for the YSA? And David and I were talking about it yesterday because I was like, it, all of a sudden, the uh, parable of the laborers yeah. in the vineyard makes so much sense. Because 
you want to be like, who's our God? What's his personality? Is he like, oh, I'm sorry. Only if you were in the first hour, only if you were live and in that room, you get the fullness of the blessing. Um, but remember the 11th hour watchers also get the whole penny. They get the fullness of the blessing. And I, I just want to say to people, like, just think about God when you, when a question like that comes into your mind and he's bestowed this beautiful blessing, would he look down at five people and say, okay, you two can have it, but I'm sorry, you three, no, um, no blessing for you. I it, That's just not the God I believe in that I want yeah. to be like, claim the blessing, watch the thing. Um, if you just read the blessing, still beautiful. If you've watched the whole thing and read the blessing, it means even more because of what he's taught us before the blessing, but it's so good. Jess, did you want to say something before we end? Yes. I feel like the spirit is like screaming this into my heart and just with each of those stories that you just shared, which side note, Heather, I'd rather have five <laughs> surgeries than have my work split. That is no small thing. But um, I, especially with the story of um, the lepers, I just had this such a clear thought. How am I going to show up for the miracle? And am I willing to show up for the miracle? And so often we are praying and we want these things and, and just going to the, back to the idea of taking action, of opening the door and it's, am I, am I willing to show up to receive it? Mm. And if I am, how, what will my attitude be like when I'm preparing to see, receive a miracle? And what tools will I bring? And how will I prepare myself? And, and who will I talk to? And, and who, who will I ask for help? And just the idea of like, what if we are going into our challenges and to our struggles? with that wholehearted expectation of being ready and willing and mm -hmm. taking action in order to receive the miracle that we hope for knowing That's that maybe so we won't yeah um i love that so much so so many good things today like we've we've been all over the place which i love and now i love that we're gonna have ten thousand things in the stories which i'm gonna try <laughs> to write this second because there are things that i feel like are so like pertinent to life right now for us. And um, I, I just love letting those settle in for a couple of days after this. So um, Heather, will you yeah. send me that and I yeah. will post it up in the stories and then I'll get all these other One, things up. I'm going to try and do it right now. Or um, like over time, but I just feel like comes. if there are things, this is like for me, but if there are things that you are like, People are struggling with feeling wholehearted and that she has the most amazing quote that says that talked about what gave this woman, the pioneer woman strength and says they know Christ. They knew it. God revealed it and they understood it. So I feel if you're struggling, yeah, feeling wholehearted in that. any aspect of this, take three points to this and it will help mm. to make you feel without a doubt, no hesitation. And the other that I just want to think about is um, where we were at the beginning, where we just were talking about, you just love having this community of women who are not delicate. That's us, everybody. Yes. That's this community. And um, that part where we just talked about how we feel like friends because our cause is the same. And there was a cute moment in comments that people who watch this after won't see, 
Um, but where one of our cute friends here talked about her granddaughter who was in a four-wheeling accident. And I love, this is one of the things I love the most about this community, is how many people instantly were like, what's her name? And can Beautiful. we help pray for her and for miracles? She's learning how to walk again, everyone. And so for those who are going to listen and didn't get to see this part in the comments, her name is Scotty Spears. Um, she's a cute 14-year-old girl up at Primary Children's Hospital. And I just love the thought of all of us as a community together for the next couple days, whenever people listen to this, just joining our prayers together for a miracle in behalf of her. So maybe just add her. I hope I'm saying her name right. It's S-C-O-T-Y. Yeah. I'm guessing it's Scotty, which is so cute. Um, that why not everybody we are not delicate women and i love mm -hmm. this thought about being determined in requesting heaven for that miracle for her so happy thursday everyone see you next week and um have have fun looking at all these things and maybe leaning in and studying Bye. them a little bit more thanks for joining me this podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me, get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.